Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, pastor of Legacy Church here in Green Mountain Falls, Colorado. And we are excited about this new year. I hope you're stirred up about the days that are ahead. I know 2020, well, it was 2020, but it's gone. It's gone forever. Uh, but let me remind you something. Nothing magical takes place when you flip a calendar page from one year to the next. That's not what changes things. And I know for many people, 2020 was challenging to say the least. And I don't know how many times I heard, especially as we got closer to the end of the year, I can't wait for this year to be over. And the mentality that you pick up on is that people think when this year ends, so does the rough stuff. So does the challenge. So does the difficulty. But flipping a calendar page doesn't change anything, especially, listen to me now, especially when the, the, the difficulties and the challenges have a spiritual force behind them. And much of what we faced as a nation and as a global society in 2020, I, I would dare say nearly all of it had a spiritual root and a spiritual force behind it. A global pandemic, that's not just something here in the natural. That's got a spiritual force behind it. Racial tension, social unrest, political upheaval, division and strife, all of that has got a spiritual force behind it. And that spiritual thing doesn't go away. It doesn't run away intimidated because you flipped a calendar page from December 31st to January 1st. That's not what changes things. That said, I believe we have a word from the Lord. And when I say we, I'm talking about this church family. I'm talking about this partner family of which you are invited to be a part. But we've got a word from the Lord concerning this year that we're in now, 2021. And I believe I heard the word of the Lord as 2020 was coming to a close. And he said specifically, <laughs> excuse me, specifically regarding an, an individual that was in the hospital and having some real uh, health challenges. The, the word of the Lord came to me and said, you tell them this is the end of sickness and disease. It's the beginning of life more abundantly. It's the end of sickness and disease. It's the beginning of life more abundantly. I heard it with them. I heard it with somebody else. And then I finally realized this is what the Lord is saying to us about the days ahead, about 2021. That as 2020 ended, so is Ending sickness and disease and poverty and lack and strife and division. Anything that has hung on in your life far too long. Anything that is a manifestation of the thief who comes. What Jesus said here in John 10, John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Every one of those things is about you losing something. Every one of those things is about something being taken from you. But Jesus drew this line in the sand, if you will, and said, that's the thief, but it's not me. As much as he comes to steal, I came, Jesus said, to give. Not to take from, to give to. I came to give you life so that you'd have it and have it more abundantly. That's what 2021 is. It is the beginning of life more abundantly. Glory to God. That's what we're believing God for. That's where, what we are experiencing already in these early days. Thank God for what he's doing in this place. Just since December of last year, we've been having church open these doors to the, to the community around us. I mean, take a look at this. You can see people are coming. People are coming to church. They're excited. 
Take a look at some of this video, some of these pictures of what the Lord's doing here. He's been so faithful to us. And this is a great opportunity for me to say thank you to the partners of Pearson's Ministries International, those who have sown into this buy-up and build-out project. I mean, this place was, I'll just say it like this, it needed a lot of love. When we got here, it needed a lot of love, which meant a lot of time, which meant a lot of money. And our staff and uh, our, our team here that came with us from Texas to Colorado have poured their hearts into this place. And look how far we've come. The grace of God has carried us so far. We are experiencing life more abundantly. And we're not done yet. We've come so far in this project. When we started, we were believing God for uh, $100 a square foot in this 30,000 square foot facility. And there was a time we had none of it. But right now, as I record this and get this out to you, we're over 96% uh, complete. There's going to be more to do after this, but our goal in this part of the project was to get these doors open. And look, even before 100% complete, the doors are open. That's God. That's the grace of God. And we're so thankful for it. So as we begin to wrap up this part of the project, I'm telling you, we're just days away. Don't be surprised in just, I don't know, a few days, a few short weeks from now when I stand right here on this platform, look into this camera and tell you we're done. This part of the project is done, it's completed, and we're going to shout together. We're going to praise God together. I think, why don't we just practice it right now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for being so good to us. Thank you, Jesus, for being faithful to us. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor for how far you've brought us, for the good things you've done, the great things you're doing, and the greater things that are yet to come in Jesus' name. Amen. So you got to practice your shout. You've got to practice your praise so that when the time comes, you're ready. You're ready. That's what faith does. It gets ready. So if you want to continue to be a part of what's going on here at Legacy Church through the outreaches of Pearson's Ministries International that's going out all around the world through outreaches just like this one, Legacy Television, we would, we would welcome you. We would welcome your partnership. If you've got an assignment with us in this, go before the Lord. Find out what He'd have you do. And if He would have you do something, then do it. Do it in faith. Do it in love and sow your seed, knowing that every seed reproduces after its own kind. And whatever God's called you to buy up, whatever he's called you to build out, your seed into this kingdom project is like an open door of access for him to go to work in your life. If you want to get involved with us today, you can do that a number of different ways. If you'd like to text your offering, you can do that if you're watching inside the United States. Just text LTV and any dollar amount to the number 28950. If you're giving online, you can do it at pearsonsministries.com. If you're writing a check, you can make it payable to Pearson's Ministries. Use the address that you see right now on your screen. Come on, let's get back into the Word of God together. We began uh, looking at a, a message that we had here from Legacy Church a number of weeks ago while we were still meeting in our hospitality room. Been talking about the reverence of God coming up in the church. And I, I, that stirs strongly in my heart that it's time for our reverence to be on the rise. And as we learn to reverence Him more and honor God and the things of God more, that's like opening a door wider and wider and wider for Him to manifest his, Himself and His power and His presence through. So we've been talking for the last couple of weeks about paying attention. And we're going to wrap that up today, maybe on even into the next week. We'll see how that goes. But we want to give the Lord the attention he deserves. That's how we reverence and honor him. So let's get into that word today and I'll be back at the end of this broadcast.
In Luke chapter 10, look at verse 38 with me. It says, now it happened as they went that he, Jesus, entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She welcomed Jesus into her house. Now we're talking about how to conduct ourselves where? In the house of God. But what occurred to me this week is that really any house God goes into, that's his house. Any house. His house is not limited to this structure. Now this is a place that's dedicated to him, dedicated to his presence, dedicated to his glory. But any house God goes into, that can be his house. He's just that big. He's just that awesome. Come on, help me out. What's awesome? Uh, just freeze, freeze. That's it right there. Uh, David also said this over and over. Oh, God, you are my God. Just that, oh, ah, oh. What is that? That's the reverence of God. Any house God goes into can be the house of God, and we need to know how to conduct ourselves in that house. So Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. Now, this is, this is important. This is a significant detail because Jesus goes into a number of different environments. He preaches in synagogues. He preaches out in the wilderness. He preaches in, in temples. But I believe there's something significant about this place. It seemed like everywhere Jesus went, there was kind of a mix of people. There were those who wanted to hear what he had to say. There were those who weren't sure about what he had to say. There were those who just flat hated him and everything he had to say. Had to say. There were those that wanted him dead because of what he had to say. And Jesus is facing this every time he's ministering. But to me, this is different. Right now, he's in an atmosphere that he's been welcomed into. And I can tell you as a preacher, it makes a difference. It makes a difference when you stand up and talk to people who at least act like they want to be there. Because I've talked to people who you looked at them and you could see it in their eyes. When is this guy going to shut up? And it makes a difference on what can come out. And Jesus steps into an environment where he's been welcomed. And it said in verse 39 that she, Martha, had a sister called Mary. Notice these words. Who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Man, every word of this is important. She's sitting at his feet. What is that? Humility. To bring yourself low and give him a place above you. That's the fear of the Lord. That's the reverence of who he is. The Bible says that Mary also sat there. What's that tell you? That at least at some point after Jesus came in, Martha was there. I mean, just get the picture. This house is crowded, full of people, standing room only. And the sisters are front and center, right there at the feet of Jesus, listening to his word. It says they heard his word. Nobody else's, his. But what happened in verse 40? Martha was distracted. Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. 
Now get the picture of what happened here. Jesus has been invited, welcomed into her house, right? And he begins to talk. And you know every word out of his mouth. Man, you know it's life-changing. You know there's healing in it. You know there's deliverance in it. You know there's revelation in it. A revelation of a God these people thought they knew. But when he starts talking, they see someone they'd never seen before. Revelations of the Father. Revelations of his love, of his mercy, of his grace. And you know that there are people there hanging on every word. But all of a sudden, right in the middle of it, Martha, who's in the right place, Hearing the right word. What happened? She gets distracted. Now that word distracted, it it literally means to be driven about in the mind. To be driven in circles in the mind. The King James used the word cumbered. She's driven about in her mind. She's, th- this thought comes to her. She's looking at Jesus. She's listening to Jesus. But then comes this thought. Man, He's been preaching a while. Yeah, like the one you've got right now. He's been (laughs) preaching a while. Who's going to feed these people? And she says, no, 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 pay attention. Come on, pay attention. This is so good. I got to hear this. Man, who's going to feed him? He's going to be hungry. This is my house. These are my guests. I'm going to have to feed these people. So at some point, while Jesus is speaking... She gets up from where she was, right? Where was she? At his feet. feet. Stands up. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I just apologize. Jesus, you keep going. I'll be here. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. And she, little commotion, right? Leaves the room. She's in the kitchen. Frantically, what am I going to feed these people? I got 75, 80 people sitting in my living room. I got to feed these people. I got Jesus sitting in my living room. I got to have to feed him. I got to prepare a meal. She gets out dishes and she's clanging and she's, oh, what am I going to do? And she's, I need help. I need help. I can't do this by myself. So she goes and looks out of the kitchen and she sees Mary, who is where? At his feet. feet. And she's like, (laughs) (laughs) whoo, (laughs) whoo. Right? Look up here. Look up here. And Mary's like, and Martha's like, I know you've seen me. I know you here. Mary's not having it, right? What's going on while this is happening? Jesus is out there speaking. Where is her attention? Huh? Listen to some of these other translations. In the CEV, it says, Martha was worried about all that had to be done. Worried about all that had to be done. Is there anybody in here that would raise an honest hand and say, been there? Worried about all that had to be done. You look at the to-do list and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. The New Living Translation says, Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. Distracted by what she was preparing. And here's what hits me. Two meals were being served that day. One by Jesus and one by Martha. But she was distracted by the big dinner 
she was preparing. Listen to it from the Weiss translation. I'm going to read this whole account to you again. It says, Now as they were going on their way, he himself entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him as a guest into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who also, having seated herself beside the Lord's feet, was listening to his word. But Martha was going around in circles, over-occupied with preparing the meal. You like that word? Over-occupied? What's that mean? Giving too much attention to something that doesn't deserve that much attention. Do you know what distracted is? What being distracted is? Being distracted is lacking the ability to decide in the moment what's most important. And it comes on you quick. It's like being in an intersection. And you don't have the ability, you don't, you don't know in the moment which is the right way to go. And a distraction is something coming to you while you're busy doing something else. And the inability to decide and determine which of these is most important. Sad to say, there are many people getting, getting hurt. Many losing their lives on a daily basis because of a distraction. Let me just ask you, if you're driving a motor vehicle, operating a motor vehicle at 75 miles an hour on the highway, and the phone rings, what's most important? Huh? If it buzzes and there's a message. If you're driving a car, is there anything more important than driving the car? But people are getting hurt every day all around us. Because they lack the ability in that moment to decide what's most important. Yeah, but I was waiting on this call. It's an important call. But was it more important? That's the, de- that's the decision. That's what you have to know. What's not, not what's important, what's most important. And that's what much of life is about. Deciding not between right and wrong, good and bad, but, but deciding between good and better. Better and best. Huh? Not deciding between unimportant and important. Deciding between important and more important. Are you following me? She was over-occupied with preparing the meal. Notice. And bursting in upon Jesus. Do you see this up here? Bursting in upon Jesus. She assumed a stance over him. Where's Mary? At his feet. Doing what? Listening. Listening. Attending. But here comes Martha bursting out of that kitchen and assumes a stance over him. Do you get the picture? Jesus is seated. Mary's brought herself low. But here comes Martha taking a place over Jesus. Is that the fear of the Lord? Is that reverence? Is that awe? Mm -mm. That's taken a place that doesn't belong to her. And she starts talking to him. Just interrupts the whole thing. And what does she say? Lord, is it not a concern to you that my sister has let me down to to be preparing the meal alone? Speak therefore to her. Now she's telling him what to say. She stopped what he was saying and now she's telling him to say this. Speak therefore to her at once that she take hold and do her part with me. 
And answering, the Lord said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and excited about many things, but a few things there is need or of one. For Mary chose out for herself the good portion, which is of such a nature that it shall not hastily be snatched away from her. Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things. Help me out. What happened to her peace? Where'd it go? It's gone. Why? Because she couldn't keep her mind in one place. She couldn't keep her mind stayed on him. She was driven about in her mind with what? Worry. Worry. We may have not have thought about it like this, but we need to begin to think like this, that when we yield to worry, what it actually is, is a total lack of the fear of the Lord. Because you're letting something else take prominence and place in your mind that only He is worthy of. And if the fear of the Lord would come up, if the reverence and awe of who God is, you look at Him and how big He is, and then you look back at this thing that's bugging you, and then you look back at Him and you go, that's big. If that's big, what's that make this? Now, I don't care how big this thing is over here how pressing, what an emergency it is, whatever it is, is tiny compared to the bigness of God. And if we would come up, if, if reverence would be on the rise, these things would pale in comparison to him. He said, you're worried. You have a total lack of peace. You're troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. Mary has chosen that good part. Notice what he said which will not be taken from her. In other words, I'm not going to tell her to stop. You think Jesus is actually going to say, yeah, you know what? You're right. Mary, quit listening to the word and get in there and cook. What should Martha have said? What should she have done when those thoughts started to come? I got to feed these people. Taking the pressure on worried about everything there was to do, worried about preparing the meal. What should she have said? Huh? She should have said, wait a second. No, I am going to attend to his word. She should have said, you know what? I know these people are probably hungry, but have you ever seen what this guy can do with a Trisket and a can of sardines? You feed them, Jesus. I'm listening. I'm staying plugged in right here. What amazes me is that the book of Luke and much of the New Testament or the Gospels are written as documentaries, Luke's especially. What we have in the account of Luke and the miracles and Jesus and his ministry is all the result of Dr. Luke interviewing people and saying, you were there. Tell me what you saw. What happened? And he wrote it down. That's the reason we have this book of the Bible. It's a documentary. You know what amazes me, is astounding to me, that we have no idea what Jesus said that day. Wouldn't you want to know? I mean, think about what could come out in that kind of atmosphere that couldn't come out in a place where the whole front row is people who hate him and want him dead. It's limiting. 
I'm telling you as a minister, I know it's limiting. You can't get to what's in your heart. You can't say what you want to say. But in an environment where you've been welcomed and there's faith and there's love and there's respect, you can get out so much revelation. You can say things beyond yourself. You can say things you didn't know you knew that come straight up out of your spirit. What do you think Jesus said that day? You don't know. And I don't know. Why? Because evidently the only thing anybody remembered enough about that day to tell Dr. Luke about was the fact that while Jesus was talking, Martha stood up, caused this commotion, walked out of the room, came back in, started yelling at him, obviously mad at Mary. And Luke goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what did he say? And they go, I don't remember. Why? Because distracted people distract people. But what do you think would happen if, at the very least, the bishops and the deacons, the leaders and the servers, were all so locked in, so focused in on the Word of God? There'd be enough of us to override any kind of distraction in the atmosphere, to take, take authority over the environment, so that the Word of God come out with utterance and free course and free reign and God could say what he wanted to say and people would hear it and they'd leave changed. Amen? Amen. This is the fear of the Lord to give his word the reverence it deserves. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.